Welcome to this episode of the Roots and Wings podcast. My name is Brian Rogers, a licensed professional counselor with Hoover City Schools, and I am joined, as always, with my co-host Candace Van Wanderham, our district mental health specialist. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. This podcast is meant to be a resource for parents tasked with raising resilient and courageous children in a world with great uncertainty at times. It is simply a monthly conversation focusing on relevant issues facing parents and guardians today. Our time together is comprised of mental health professionals and experts from throughout our community. Thank you for joining us for our conversation. We encourage you to tell your friends about it. And as always, please leave us feedback by emailing us at the address in the episode notes below. Now let's get going. Good morning and welcome to the Roots and Wings podcast. Today we will be discussing grand families. You know, a growing number of grandparents are now taking on the parenting role for their grandchildren, and that foregoes a traditional grandparent-child relationship. It often means giving up your leisure time, the option of traveling, and many other aspects of your independence. That's true. Even Congress is um, looking into this and trying ways that we can support uh, grand families that are trying to make it in this day and age. Uh, one of the studies that recently came out says 2.7 million American children are being raised in loving families uh, that their grandparents are raising. And they actually call it that grand families. I thought that was a kind of a cool term. That was the first I'd heard of that, grand families, or they call it kinship families also, because not only is it uh, grandparents, but it could be older um, uh, other family members taking care of their kids. You know, no matter how much you love those grandkids, raising them can come with challenges but also a lot of rewards as well. So one of the things we like to do on this podcast is share practical tips that can be helpful. Uh, And again, some of these uh, might seem like common sense. Others, it's a good reminder and and challenges to try something new. Uh, The first one is to acknowledge your feelings. Uh, Some of the things you might feel are stress and worry uh, because the world is a very different place. Uh, Raising grandchildren is very different maybe than when you uh, raised your own children uh, previously. You might feel some anger and resentment because here you are being placed in this situation, oftentimes out of your control, but out of the goodness of your heart and wanting to do well for them. Uh, Maybe some guilt or questioning is a normal feeling. Grief and loss. Uh, either through the physical loss of a loved one through death or just some losses of those relationships. Like Candace said, you've kind of been stripped from the uh, things that you had planned on for this season in your life. Um, When you start to feel overwhelmed, remember that while you may not have the energy to do what you did when you were younger, you do have the wisdom that only comes with experience. So that can be a benefit and an advantage. You can make a huge difference in your grandchild's life. by kind of stopping and recognizing that. You know, and a second thing to remember really with any relationship is you have to take care of yourself. You know, I'm sure you were not expecting to be raising kids again at this stage in your life. And at times that physical, emotional, and financial demand is often overwhelming. It's really easy to let your own needs fall by the wayside. You know, always remember again in any relationship, a healthy you means healthy grandchildren. You have to take care of yourself first. Same as in hobbies and relaxation. They're not luxuries anymore. Those are the things that you really need to take time for yourself to re-energize. Now, it's also okay to lean on your grandkids for help. Um, You know, many of them have the ability to to help you with physical activities, to help you um, with, you know, a lot of your activities that you do on a daily basis. So it's okay to let them help you at times. 
and that helps give them you know, chores around the house, purpose, and a place in the family uh, as you determine what the new norms are for this uh, grand family that you're establishing. Uh, give them a role in that. Give them a voice in it. Give them a place, and that, that can be a good thing. Absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, also, you know, when you are feeling overwhelmed, remember that support makes all the difference in the world. We have studies that show that grandparents who cope well with the added stress of raising those grandchildren are those that seek support. Um, you know, there are several routes that you might be able to take. Just find a good friend that you can talk to about what you're going through. Um, look for some local support groups for grandparents raising grandchildren. Um, make sure you reach out to the community for any kind of assistance you need, maybe with childcare. And try to connect with parents of other children. And I know this can often be difficult in this stage of your life. You feel like you're from a different generation and don't have a lot in common with those parents. I know it, it's a little bit harder, but it takes time. Just be patient and continue to try to connect with those younger parents. A third reminder is to remember that your grandchildren will have mixed feelings about this too. Um, and part of that is that, like it or not, they've been through uh, some difficult challenges along this, this process. Uh, in counseling and education, we call these adverse childhood experiences. And those traumatic events sometimes uh, can leave lasting impacts on their life physically, emotionally, and in terms of taking care of their own mental health. Um, that, that can be important as you reach out and, and try to support them. Lean on people like your school counselors. Lean on people like uh, resources in the community that can help to address that. Educationally, sometimes those adverse childhood experiences make learning a little bit different. And using the experts at your school to um, customize and, and make that educational plan for your child, uh, one that meets the learning styles that they have and the needs that they have. Um, and I'll say that. Make sure that the school is aware of what your family's going through. There's no shame in it. Your school counselor can be a great resource for that. Uh, but your grandkids represent... Uh, they're, they're going through a lot as well. Um, they might resent being separated from their parents and wish they'd return. You know, having that hope that sometime they might get over whatever obstacles they're going through and become that parent that they uh, wish for. Uh, your grandkids' feelings may come out in many different ways. You know, behavior we see as, as an easy way that um, all these challenging emotions manifest themselves. Uh, no matter their behavior, grandkids need to be um, supported and, and need your comfort and care. Remember that the children act out uh, as a response to these loss of control in their life uh, and that um, when they can do that in a place where they feel supported, a lot of those behaviors kind of get minimized. When we can acknowledge that, man, that's a, there's a lot of complex things going on and there's no easy fix for them. A lot of things are out of our control uh, and we just address and acknowledge that. It helps to know that um, some of those behaviors go down, go down as well. Uh, when your grandkids first arrive, they may be on their best behavior, but that honeymoon period can, can wear off uh, as you adapt and, and, and realize that, oh, this isn't just, this isn't just a week or a month. It's, it's more long-term. And I think, Brian, you made a really good point about behavior because I think when we were all growing up, when our parents or grandparents told us to do something or told us <laughs> something, we just took that for, we just took that as a, a, you must do that. And today's kids are not like that. We're growing up in a different generation. So I know that could also be stressful at times, but I think, you know, again, like Brian said, just recognizing that that, that kid's behavior is usually for a reason and trying to work through that. And again, like he mentioned earlier, reaching out to your resources for help moving through those behaviors. 
Um, we also talk a lot about focusing on a stable environment. Uh, you know, we know that children thrive in an environment that is stable, predictable, and safe. So it's very important to establish those routines. You know, many of us are used to having our grand grandkids on the weekend, and then we're able to spend lots of good quality time, but then they go home. Well, you know, now as we're taking on that, that parent responsibility, we need to actually establish a routine. You know, make that routine predictable. Um, we want our kids, uh, grandkids to, to uh, have input in our new home. You know, if they're old enough to, to arrange their room and to hang pictures, that's really important. Again, you know, it gives them that feeling of belonging. Um, also, make sure you select age-appropriate house rules make, and use them consistently. Um, make sure or try to make sure that each grandchild has a little bit of private space. You know, especially when sometimes we're struggling with emotions and feelings, we just need to get away for a moment. Um, so is there a place that you can set aside that when, when anyone in the family needs that quiet time that they can go to? Um, you know, maybe a, a playhouse in the backyard or just maybe there's one room in the house that, that they could have some private time. One of the things that made me think of is that that stability, that schedule, that routine, as you establish that, we all always talk about how important sleep is. So having a bedtime routine, having that structured time where after a certain time, whatever it is you establish, say nine o'clock, all devices kind of get put up. We always encourage people to you know, put, charge those in another room so they don't have the distraction of that. Um, but, but having them have that quality time when their brain can slow down, get the rest it needs and recharge and, and be equipped to deal with all the emotional challenges that take place in the child and adolescent mind. Um, but, but bedtimes uh, and sleep routines are so important. And I feel like we come back to that all the time because it is so important for your mental health. Absolutely. Um, a fifth tip we'd share is to encourage open and honest communication. Communicating openly and honestly with your grandchild is one of the best things you can do. Plan regular times when you guys can sit and talk. Uh, this kind of ties into that last tip of having those routines. Having a regular time you can sit down around the dinner table and talk about not controversial issues, but just checking in with them and seeing how their day is going. Um, these times are, are free from distractions. Maybe the, the rule is that phones aren't at the dinner table. Uh, it can be a time when um, you guys can really just talk about good things, maybe even some challenging things, but not anything that's conflictual. Encourage your grandchild to talk about their feelings, both good and bad, because you're there for them. It shows that you're that stable person in their life. Try to listen without judging or dismissing their feelings because sometimes what they're going through might seem smaller to you than, than uh, what you're hearing, but know for them it's a big deal. Um, and, and in their life and in the scope of the, the time frame of, of what they're going through, it's, it's a huge impact. Um, help them to identify their emotions, especially younger children, but even our teens aren't great at identifying and connecting those. Um, even from small things that you might say, like you look sad, is something bothering you? Uh, shows that A, you connect with them, uh, and, and B, it helps put words to the feelings that, that they're going through. Young children communicate through play, so know that sometimes during uh, challenging or difficult conversations, they need to have actually step away and, and, and get away from it and go play, uh, and, but that's good for them. That's their way of kind of disconnecting and, and taking care of themselves, and they can maybe come back to it later. It's okay to say, I don't know. You don't have to have all the answers for everything either. Sometimes as the, as the grandparent, as the parent role, we feel like we need to have the answers to everything. 
if you don't know when the situation is going to change, if their mom's going to come home, if their dad's uh, going to return into their life, um, don't make promises you can't keep. Uh, be as open and honest with them at the age-appropriate level that you can. If you don't know uh, these answers, be honest about that. Don't evade questions or lie, um, because sometimes it feels easier in the moment, but later on it kind of comes back. That level of trust is broken. Um, and I think kids are equipped to handle um, hope with facts. Uh, they can have that hope that this parent is going to um, get some things straight in their life and, and come back into it, uh, but also factually that that helping them to understand that it's a difficult journey and that time is something that we don't have control over in that process and that it's different for everybody. You know, Brian, you mentioned one really important concept, you know, when we talk about communication, and that's trust. Um, and I think that makes a lot of good points with this tip, um, especially listening non-judgmentally and, and not being dismissive because I think sometimes our, our kids may come to us with, you know, some shocking feelings or some shocking information and we have to you know, we have to just hold it in and we have to listen. And I know often that that can be hard too, but that, that really brought that thought up when you mentioned the word trust. Well, and I think reconciling that our experience with this loved one that's no longer in their life is a different experience and uh, set of circumstances than what they're going through. Uh, we may have been through some more challenging times than they ever saw. Uh, we have a longer history with that uh, loved one that's no longer in their life. Um, and they have the, the kind of the blessing and the hope that that reconciliation may take place. Um, and I guess the hope is that, that that will, that I believe that everyone always has the potential for growth, for change, for um, taking care of themselves. So, um, you know, presenting that hope with facts is kind of a good way to look at it. And, uh, you, know, our, you know, our last and final tip is just encouraging contact with parents. And I know that's not always possible, especially if, if it resulted in a death. But and it, at times it may not be in the best interest of the child. But in general, it is healthy for your grandchildren to maintain the relationships with their parents, especially if there's a um, possibility that they may live with them to, again. Um, so, you know, just trying to make those visits with parents as smooth as possible. Um, you know, don't put your grandchild in the middle. I know there, something may happen with the visit and you may be frustrated and angry, but that's the time that, you know, you reach out to one of your supports and really talk about those feelings with them instead of with your grandchild. Um, make sure you try to communicate and cooperate with your, with your grandchild's parent. Often just letting them know what's going on at school or what kind of activities they're involved in can, it can make that transition smoother. Make sure, make, and make those visits, we talk a lot about routine. Making those visits part of your grandchild's routine. Um, it also will help smooth those visits because the parents will know what to expect and your grandchild will know what to expect. Um, I know another thing, we, we, we feel like our grandchildren are excited and happy to visit with their parents, but we also need to know um, that it's really important to talk with, with our grandchildren about how they're feeling about that contact because often they may look happy and excited and look forward to that visit or call, but it can bring up a lot of other feelings uncertainty, nervousness, they may worry that their parent doesn't love them anymore, um, they may worry that their parent will not show up or will not call, and often they often worry about, do, I, do we have anything to say to each other? What do I talk to them about? Um, so really kind of recognizing um, and being sensitive to those kids' feelings because what you may see on the outside may not be what they're feeling on the, on the inside. And then one of the hardest things to do is helping your grandchild deal with disappointment because sometimes those visits don't go very well, and sometimes the parent doesn't show up. So one of the hardest things is helping your grandchild deal with disappointment. 
talk with your grandchild about what happened. Help them process those feelings. I think that's vitally important. What is really great that you are that stable, open, and accepting person in their life. It takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of strength. It takes a lot of um, self-care. And um, we appreciate what you're doing to help them because we do know that when they are instable, um, families that are connected to them, they do better. Um, I hope that some of these tips can help you um, better deal with the stress that comes with that. Um, and because the one thing that, that we do know is that love, stability, and support that you are providing is going to help them have a better opportunity uh, in the future and dealing with any of the challenges that they have that life faces them. Uh, this period does go by quickly, but know that you're not alone in it. Again, I, I want to just finish and go back to the fact that the school can be a great support for you. Uh, make sure your counsel school counselors are uh, aware of any changes going on in your child's life so that they can be supportive and notice any behaviors at school that um, might need to uh, be dealt with in a way that is kind of trauma-informed and that they're aware of the challenges you're going through. Uh, they can also provide resources with you in the community and um, a lot of things that we do in, in Hoover are provide parent seminars, provide opportunities for uh, support like our uh, strengthening families uh, workshops through impact family counseling or our bridges program for our high school students a lot of those are tools that you can have that you know you're not going through this alone there are people that are walking that journey uh, just like you are and that um, uh, can kind of bond over the challenge of it but the reward comes when we see our children feel supported loved and can not only um, thrive but uh, survive but thrive and that's that's our ultimate goal I think with that um, we hope that you found a few tips in this that you can uh, take going forward and feel encouraged and feel supported um, again the Roots and Wings podcast is a uh, monthly podcast provided by Hoover City Schools and we hope that you tell your uh, friends about it so that they can tune in uh, wherever they listen to their podcast and find tips that will help support them during these uh, challenging years as we raise bold and courageous children. Uh, thank you for joining us and again leave us feedback in the episode notes. And, and make sure you tune in next time when we will be discussing ADHD with Dr. Dale Wisely. Yeah, that'll be a great, uh, a great podcast next month. ADHD is something that affects so many of our students and us as adults sometimes. So tune in. Dr. Wisely is a great resource in our community, and I know you'll love to hear what he has to share. Uh, with that, hope everyone has a great day, and thanks again for joining us.